Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio, and uh, we are thankful for this opportunity to meet with you and also uh, with uh, the members of the Blessed Hope Community Church, and so we ask to be led by the Spirit of God tonight uh, in our Bible study, and so with that, let us have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that the author of the scriptures, Lord, the Holy Spirit, would guide us. We pray that there are no unconfessed sins in our hearts, Lord. And we know that if there are sins, we can come before the throne of grace with confession. You have said in your word that we confess our sins. You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In the name of Jesus, amen. So tonight, uh, our... the title of our lesson is um, Be Ye Doers of the Word. And this uh, is, is from James chapter 1. Uh, in fact, James one twenty two. So I'm going to read from the book of James and also from the uh, book of John. So James chapter 1, I'm going to begin with verse 19. Quote, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able, that word means powerful, to save your souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does, unquote. Now I'm going to go to John chapter 11, uh, John 11, and I'm going to begin at verse 23 of John 11. Quote, Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth, 
and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She says unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house uh, and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave, cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Unquote. Now, I wanted you to get the, uh, the premise for this study. And the premise is always biblical, never humanistic, uh, because scripture interprets scripture. And we are considering the word of God uh, for... Uh, the way God has meant his word uh, to be studied and lived. And indeed, we are to live the word we know. Indeed, we know that we cannot live beyond what we believe. Yes, and there are those who have accepted those, uh, those limitations and who have chosen to stop or as Soren Kierkegaard would say, they have chosen the halt. And uh, they rest their faith on mere 
religion. They want a merely religious Jesus, not a Jesus died for their sins, was buried for them, and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. That Jesus is too much. That Jesus demands too much. And uh, individuals uh, who uh, don't want that Jesus settle for a religious facade, a Jesus who fits where they want to be and what they want to do with their lives. And so they may walk around with a mask of sanity, but we live in days that are decidedly insane, that have been rendered so by powers that you and I will never be privy. We will never understand uh, who is behind what is going on in a human sense. But when we go to the scripture, we know that uh, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the devil is the god of this age. He is the god of this age. And he has inverted reality. He has created a world of ups that is completely at odds and radically opposed to the things of God. And so he has inverted truth, and he has built the cosmos upon a lie. Everything about the cosmos is a lie. Everything is a lie. So uh, we are in, you and I live in the wilderness uh, of this world. And if, as a believer, one chooses to listen to humanistic teachers or to those who teach as doctrine the commandments of men, you're not going to uh, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The New Testament writers speak of a specific knowledge, and it is called epinosis, epinosis. And it is a, a, a knowledge of the person of Jesus. Now, uh, this is imperative for us to understand that the teachings of man will never satisfy. The Bible teaches cursed is a man that trusteth in the arm of flesh. And so uh, I see the remains of lives of individuals who have trusted in their arm of flesh, and uh, they, they went out and built their lives upon sand. And uh, when opposition came into their hearts, their, their homes were smashed and ruined. Their lives were left in ruin. But believers who hear the word of God and build their lives thereupon, uh, they dig their foundation into the rock. And when adversity strikes and when uh, evil pushes against the walls of that house and when disaster threatens to dismantle 
and bring uh, everything and bring uh, everything to ruin, that house remains because that house was built upon the solid rock of Jesus himself. So James, who we can say who was the half-brother of the Lord, was also a disciple. And he was a spirit-filled believer. He was there and he was a he was a mature believer in Christ. And so mature believers know that they can uh they can't just say, Well, I've matured up to this point and I don't need to mature anymore. Uh that is not found in scripture. Uh, we must continue to grow in grace. We have to continue to grow. And so I want you to understand that James is very practical, uh, and much of his message uh, echoes the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's, uh, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5 through 7. Uh, and you need to hear that. And if you read carefully, you will see that uh, this spiritual believer, this mature believer, is giving to us uh, what he has heard and what he has learned from his Lord because he has stored up doctrine in his soul uh, so that he might not stand against his Lord. Thy word have I hid in my heart so that I might not stand against thee. And so uh, this man practices what he preaches. So in verse 19, James 1, he writes, So my beloved, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Very important character trait. Very important. Swift to hear. Slow to speak. Rash speakers. Uh, can often ruin themselves before uh, they hear uh, the entirety of, uh, of what is being said. They have an answer prepared. We're to be slow uh, to speak. The word here is in the aggressive uh, aorist, and it means entrance. Uh, uh, the aggressive means entrance into another or new condition. That's used. That word is used of the uh, incarnation of Jesus, or he entered into a state, uh, as it were, a brand new state. Slow to speak. The one who is slow to speak has a wise tongue, a spirit-filled heart. In Proverbs, uh, the book of Proverbs talks about uh, how dangerous the tongue is, and uh, the the disastrous things that can come about uh, if a person speaks rashly. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Notice the language. And see, this is beyond psychotherapy. This is beyond psychiatry. This is beyond human counseling. 
This is biblical counseling. This is the word of God. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, I want you to hear that because in the, in the wilderness, uh, when God told his people about the promised land and that uh, this was a land flowing with milk and honey, he allowed them to go in uh, to retrieve evidence of his veracity. And so most of the spies came back and they brought the people a report that slandered the character of God. Slander means to stand against the life of another. Slander means to murder the character of an individual. And so that is why judgment fell upon uh, the people of God before they were to enter into the promised land. They were at the very border. And so this is the serious nature of uh, what it means to be slow to speak. There are people who have ruined their lives by rash talking. Jesus said that people will give an account every idle word that is spoken. Jesus said we will give an account for every idle word that is spoken. Genesis 1, God said, like be, like were. John 1, the Logos, in beginning was the word. And so I want you to get and to understand uh, the primal nature of speaking of what rash and ill-advised speaking reveals about the heart of an individual. Many lives, many have, have ruined their own lives and those within their periphery by their tongues. If one is not slow to speak, then one can create trouble not only from what one says, but notice that James next says, slow to wrath. That word wrath is orge, and it means anger. It means anger. And then James goes on to state that the, and states that the wrath of man, the wrath of man, the anger, the orge of man, does not produce the righteousness of God. So do you see how James joins together uh, what the human condition is, and that it does not satisfy or meet the standard of divine righteousness. It does not meet that standard. We're to be filled with the Spirit of God. And those who are Spirit-filled, we are, Paul writes, against us there is no law to be controlled by the Spirit, to have one's personality, to have one's soul, that is the mind, the emotions, the will, have the personality controlled by the Spirit of God. When, and, and when one is controlled by the Spirit of God, then the Spirit of God produces uh, the fruit of the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. 
Please read uh, Galatians chapter 5. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Then he goes on, verse 21, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, and that just means dirt, uh, that which is soiled. Lay aside. Uh, And it means to here, uh, lay aside, the verb, it means to lay aside as dirty clothes. Lay aside as dirty clothes all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And uh, this word, overflow of wickedness, it means that uh, which keeps on coming. That which keeps on coming, it means abundant, exceedingly abundant wickedness. Now, the reason why I read from the book of John, chapter 11, was because I want you to see, notice the words of Jesus there. So Jesus and uh, 11, verse 44, we read, And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin, Jesus says unto them, Loose him and let him go. And now in the Greek, verse 44 reads, came out the dead man. Came out the dead man. Interesting language, isn't it? So uh, the word bound here is in the perfect tense, and it means uh, to tie as with a chain or a cord. So grave clothes. So he has been dead four days. And there was a napkin bound about his face, and uh, and so he was bound hand, uh, was bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and so James knows this clinical study. He knows this case. In verse twenty-one of James one, we read, "Lay aside." Jesus says. Loose him, luo, and, and that's used in the that verbs used in the book of uh, Revelation, uh, where John writes that Jesus loosed us from our sins. He loosed us from our sins. If we were bound, we were tied uh, to our sins. He loosed us out from our sins. So that is the. The, the eternally effective nature of the work of Christ on our behalf. He loosed us out from our sins, luo. Peter uses that word when he talks about the, the, the loosing up, uh, the loosing of the, the, uh, the fundamental powers or the cosmic powers of, and how atoms uh, are going to be dissolved and they're going to melt uh, this, this current uh, this current cosmos is going to be overthrown with heat that's, that will loose uh, the atomic bond and is going to destroy uh, this world because it is exceedingly sinful. Paul states that, that creation groans waiting for the delivery of the sons of God, that is, <laughs> waiting for us to be uh, loose. Uh, so that uh, 
creation itself can be loosed out from this bondage. So loose him and let him go. James writes, lay aside. Now he's speaking to believers. Lay aside all filth, all dirt, and overflowing of wickedness. You mean he's writing this to believers? Yes. He's writing to believers. Lay aside as, a, as dirty clothes. If you are truly heaven-bound, you truly want glory, you truly want to see Jesus, you truly want to uh, live with God forever, and yet you want to hold on to sin, that's, that's in Congress. It can be. So lay aside as dirty clothes is the imagery that James is using. And notice, Jesus said, lose him and let him go. Uh, as believers, there's no way you and I can effectively serve God if we are walking around in, gla- in grave clothes. Now, just think, Paul writes in Ephesians 6 that we are to put on the armor of God. Uh, are we to put on the armor of God over the grave clothes of filthiness and overflowing of wickedness? That's a contradiction. It can't be. It should not be. So he writes, lay aside. Now, in Romans 13, 12, in Romans 13, 12, uh, Paul writes these words for us. Romans 13, 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. The day of Christ. The day of Christ speaks of his second coming. The day of the Lord speaks of of judgment. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off as what? As old filthy garments, the works of darkness. He's speaking to believers. Let us, notice the language, cast off as dirty clothes the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Notice what the scripture teaches. Cast off, then put on. Notice what Paul writes. Cast off first the works of darkness, and then let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Now, what is interesting in John 11, let's go back to John 11, Jesus says unto them, loose him and let him go. So I gave you luo, lasate in the Greek, and then aphame, let him go. So that's the word uh, aphame is used in the New Testament uh, it is transliterated as forgive or to let go. You and I will not prosper in Christ if we do not practice forgiveness, if we do not let go those who have offended us in some way. I'm not going to be blessed if I do not forgive. God also says that if we do not forgive, uh, the one who is unforgiven is in a prison. We've, we, 
we've imprisoned this person in our heart because of an offense, an unforgivable, we think an unforgivable offense, then we put that person in a prison in our hearts. God says that you or I will be bound to that person in that prison that we have created. Now, that's of our creation. But God has done what? God has loosed us out from our sins, so we have to let go. Well, I can't let go. And I won't let go. But we have a God who is eternally powerful, who can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. When we lay aside the ego, Roman, uh, Galatians 2.20, when the ego is crucified, you will see something brand new happening in your life. Notice what James writes, writes James 1.21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Not the engrafted word, but the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So, uh, listen, these words, able to save your soul, that word able is, in the Greek, is powerful, uh, to sozo, uh, to save your souls. And this is what we call the assist aorist infinitive. And so here he's speaking of ultimate salvation, the implanted word, which is powerful to save your soul. The language is incredible. If we study carefully the word of God and stop listening to people who want to quote what people have to say, Only Jesus, Jesus only, is the bondage breaker. The heart is bound to pornography. The heart is bound to what? To moral filthiness and uncleanness. The heart is bound to unforgiveness. The heart is bound to resentment. The heart is bound to to envy and lust. Jesus is the bondage breaker. The Bible states, whosoever will may come. Verse 22, but be ye doers of, but be doers of the word. Now, I need to give you this. Uh, These first words of verse 22, be doers of the word. In the Greek, uh, James really says to these believers, but keep on becoming, but keep on becoming doers of the word, but keep on becoming doers of the word. Language is very powerful, but keep on becoming doers of the word. We have to keep striving to be doers of the word. Now, some of us may be discouraged. Well, I'm discouraged, Josiah. I had a discouraging event take place in my life. Well, when did it happen? 
Oh, it happened a long time ago. It happened uh, a long time. Oh, oh, well, Josiah, it happened yesterday. Oh, it just happened today. And so I'm discouraged. And so uh, I have no motivation uh, to keep on uh, becoming a, a doer of the word. I'm not motivated. Think about the language and listen to what is being said. A growing believer understands that life can be tough. And let me say at this point, things are going to get tougher. So we have rising inflation. People are talking even about hyperinflation. I heard that in Southern California, some places where gas is $8 a gallon. We have critical race theory. Uh, We have the Fed. Now the chairman of the Fed is saying that they're going to get rid of the word transitory with regard to inflation. Uh, And... uh, they want to do more more shutdowns, more mandates, and they want to hurt uh, your freedom. They want to hurt, uh, hurt the ability of people to move about, to move around. They want to bring in the Great Reset. They want to bring in uh, their new green philosophy. They want to get rid of gas, diesel. They want only, uh, you know, they, these mandates would give them ultimate control. They have already brought in uh, uh, all that they need in order to control, in order to create the prison planet they want. Now, Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And Jesus said that if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Jesus talk strongly and powerfully about faith and what faith could do if it were merely the size of, the, uh, of a grain of a mustard seed. Jesus told Martha and Mary that I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, and the way he said it, it was not that your brother could be raised in the future, but that right now I am, I am. The great I am. I will raise him. I can raise him. But the sisters had to move out from beyond, Lord, if, to, yes, Lord, I believe. See, it's that kind of faith, that strong, determined faith <clears throat> that believes God when those around, those made, those naysaying voices, uh, that would discourage you, and maybe you've given place or a ground of uh, working, you've given the devil a, a, a foothold in your life, where now you're discouraged. Well, not only am I, am I discouraged, just I, I'm depressed. And so I'm going to go get medication. You know, Please go and see a competent person so you can receive an appropriate diagnosis. Sometimes believers are depressed because uh, there are demonic spirits there uh, that are seeking to oppress them so that they will not move out from God 
before God and do wonderful things. I said sometimes now, and I'm not uh, saying this globally, so please hear me, hear what I'm saying. But keep on becoming doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Paul talks about in the last days there will be self-deceived deceivers. Now, so in the Old Testament, we have the cold narrative of the prophets. For instance, the word of the Lord happened to Jer- uh, that came to Jeremiah. And in the cold narrative, for instance, uh, in Jeremiah, there was this reticence on behalf of the prophet. You know about Jonah, and you know what happened to Moses. Uh, and God told him that he was going to break out against him if he didn't uh, move out in his will to do what he had called him to do. The gifts and calling of God are not unto repentance. And so, uh, the word, so the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And in the Hebrew, it reads, the word of the Lord happened. Uh, it is called the Debar Yahweh. And when the word of the Lord happened to a particular prophet, it placed the prophet into a new reality. In some of my my books, for instance, on the Old Testament commentaries, the word debar, D-B-R, the consonants, that word takes several pages. I have words, uh, different words uh, in, in my different study books that take up several pages. And just think about the work of the scholar to appropriately transliterate what the the prophets and the writers of the New Testament intended. Be, you keep on becoming doers of the word. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself Notice carefully, notice the language. And the, the, these old mirrors were not glass. They were polished metal. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So you see what happens when a believer stays away from the word? He forgets. He or she forgets what kind of person he or she was. But we, when one stays in, in the word, then, and notice what he goes on to say. Verse 25, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, ah, and that's the key. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, Jesus said that those who who followed him and loved him would, and he said, who continue in my word. It is those who continue. Well, I'm something happened into my life into my life to discourage me. Yes. Do you give up? Do you just sit down and refuse to go on? 
Jesus said, narrow is the way that leads to life. Literally, constricted is the way. Constricted is the way that leads to life. And few, few there be that go in thereat. Few there be. Wait until you've been wounded to death. And wait until you've been knocked out of the battle where you didn't know if you were dead or alive. And God brings you back. I'm talking about me. When you almost die, God lifts you up. Do you stop fighting his battle? Or do you keep on keeping on? Why would you stop? Why would you not serve the God who raised you up because he wasn't done with you. He wasn't done with your life. I'm just saying that I want you to get up and I want you to go before God and I want you to pray. Tell God what's going on and God can say to your condition, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. I want you to allow God to raise you up. I want you to continue to look into his perfect law of liberty and continue in it. And don't be a, and do, and, is, and he writes, James writes, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one shall be blessed in what he does. The quitter isn't blessed. The Bible states, that what silver man soweth, that shall he also reap. You need to erase quitter out of your vocabulary. You need to get rid of that. You need to get rid of all those negative words. You need to get rid of, you need to bring before God negative thinking, negative comments, negative language, a negative walk. All that stuff needs to be brought before the Lord. So that the Lord can set you free. The Lord can say, loose him and let him go. Because all that stuff, that's the old grave clothes. And we're, uh, we need to lay that stuff aside. James one twenty one, lay aside. Lay aside excuses. Lay aside procrastination. Lay aside bitterness, lay aside negativism. Who needs it? Who needs it? It's old stuff of the old life and has nothing to do with the new life that is in Christ Jesus. And if you want divine prosperity, if you want God's prosperity, then you need you learn to be a doer of the word. Keep on becoming a doer of the word. And God can get rid of that discouragement, that resentment, that bitterness, that anger. God can get rid of that sharp, fast tongue that just destabilizes and underlines, uh, just destroys one life, one's life. So, God can give you a wonderful life. God can bless you wonderfully in ways that you can't imagine. 
You will not know this until you come before and surrender your life to him. Good evening. My name is Josiah Rich, and God bless you.